What's up, everybody, and welcome back to List This, the podcast where we list and you listen. I'm Josh, and as always, I'm joined by... Hey, guys, it's Jim. And Wade. Woo! And, Woo! Uh, I want to welcome Bunch any... Rick Flares. I want to welcome any new viewers uh, or listeners that are joining us. We, uh, we appreciate you checking us out. And any returning listeners, we appreciate your continued patronage. We don't really have any favorites here. We love you all the same. The only favorites we do have are our top three that we're about to list for you right now. So thanks. Uh, This (laughs) this week we're going to be doing uh, top three apocalyptic films. And it's, I guess it's kind of topical. Not really like apocalyptic topical, but. We're getting there. (laughs) Some would say. Yeah. With with the whole uh, coronavirus thing the, going uh, around, the toilet paper aisles are certainly an apocalyptic wasteland. Yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently, wrapping yourself in uh, toilet paper prevents you from getting sick and not it's washing. Like a big, it. It's like a big filter, you yeah. know. And not washing your hands regularly. Who would do that? But we're gonna do uh, apocalyptic films, and we're gonna include. Uh, pre-apocalyptic so like the pending destruction and post-apocalyptic so you know the earth as we know it has been destroyed and yeah aka the future there you go wait our future that's scary the very near real future (laughs) all of all of our viewers just left to go buy toilet paper (laughs) yeah yeah, good luck finding it anywhere. They'll have the soothing sounds of our voice to listen to in the aftermath of the <laughs> They're listening to our podcast. Oh, I never saw that in. movie. Why? <laughs> um, what? So, Wade, you're in, you're in Chicago currently. Um, are you guys out of toilet paper and paper towels and stuff up there as well? Uh, so, I have not ventured been brave enough to venture in, into any stores that carry toilet paper but i know the 7-eleven's pretty well stocked down the street okay. uh and we're we're all stocked up here at the house so yeah good luck everyone else in chicago <laughs> I, I i went to the store i know this is probably tmi but i went to the store to buy toilet paper for like the reason that toilet paper exists because you need a toilet paper yeah and like i had a hard time finding some and i'm like some people just gotta wipe their butt man <laughs> <laughs> I woke up this morning with an existential crisis of like, what if I need to go buy toilet paper? I'm a single guy living in a house in an apartment by myself, so I don't go through toilet paper that fast. But it was like, what if I needed to get toilet paper? And I just like, <laughs> that was like my first thing of waking up this morning. So that's that's where we're at in the world. I'm sure Amazon.com has gotten a spike in toilet paper sales oh, I'm over sure. the past few weeks. <laughs> I saw someone suggest that. I'm like, yeah, that's all well and good. But when they run out, like then we're kind of like really out of options. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't don't fail us, Amazon. <laughs> Luckily, anything is toilet paper if you're brave enough. Oh man! Yeah, I've been seeing some pretty rude memes going around about the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> and uh, other various about what sports teams. There was a oh. meme I saw today that was like Walmart just restocked on toilet paper, and it just had pictures of all new Dallas Cowboys. Did you see who shared that? By the way, 
Was that you? Was it you? That was me. I, I, oh, I saw it from a friend of mine and I shared time, it. So. <laughs> okay, I was like, you bastard. <laughs> well, though, if it came down to it, I would, I would probably use a Dallas <laughs> Cowboys jersey or something of the like yeah. to wipe my butt with. I'm, I'm sure you'd feel bad about it, but you got to do what you got to do, you know. Yeah, yeah I feel pretty shitty for sure. Hey, hey. <laughs> All right. Um. Let's go ahead and kick this off, guys. Uh, Wade, we're going to have you kick this off with number three. Number three. So my number three, uh, I guess this would be, they're right in the thick of things. So my number three is 28 Weeks Later. And though it's not, maybe arguably a zombie movie. A lot of people might say that. Uh, But my argument is, you know, zombies, you have to die first and then be reanimated. Uh, to come back and, you know, feast on brains and have some kind of thirst for human flesh. And in this movie, 28 weeks later, like the first one, 28 days later, uh, they're infected by a rage virus, which is, I don't think it kills you. I don't think it kills anybody, but it definitely alters the brain activity to the point where they're just completely psychotic and aggressive and violent. And they will literally just beat the shit out of you until you're dead or gouge your eyeballs out, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, content warning for this episode, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I, oh. I'll, I'll let it slide. That's a, that's pretty good. I mean, it's I think not, so. It is... I'm dropping all the S-bombs. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's all good, man. Apparently, you can say that on TV as South Park yeah. taught us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But we only get like um, what fifty times or something like that. Um, it's a good thing we're not on TV. I not yet. Ooh, I'm looking at you, PBS, <laughs> <laughs> uh, or public hey. access. Rather. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I I agree. I I mean I think it's to the to the layman it would be a zombie movie, but to people who are able to think outside the box, I think, and people who are able to see the difference. I think it walks a fine line on zombie and rage monster, but I think it's, I think think it's small enough or it's fine enough that uh, it's just on the other side. I thought it was a zombie movie when I was younger. I think if I went back and watched it now, I'd be able to see the subtle difference. I haven't, I haven't watched it since I was really young, but for me, a zombie is like, um, you know, because I mean, most modern zombie movies are like they begin with an infection. So I don't know if they necessarily die because of the infection and then get reanimated. But like to me, the zombie is like having that primal instinct of just like feed and you know attack and you know stuff like that. It's less of like actual creatures raising from the graves, like we saw like you know in like George Romero's like old school zombie stuff. So I don't know. This might be. I, I'd have to go back and rewatch it. So I mean, I'm gonna let this one slide too, um, because I think there are some good arguments. This also brought in the extra horror. I remember the 28 days later brought in the extra horror of like them actually running, um, which was not really a big like zombie trope at the point at that you know point in time. And so I thought that was like intense and amazing that we finally have like stuff that can actually run after you and, and just chase you down. It's also Cillian Murphy, who is a highly underrated actor, I think. Cillian Murphy. Oh, isn't that the Cillian Murphy? Let me look him up. He played uh, he played Scarecrow in the Batman movies. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. He okay, was the, yeah, yeah. yeah, the main guy in the in the first one. Yeah. 
Yeah. Is he not in the second I one? See, I don't remember. No, I, I'm he seeing is, Jeremy Renner. No, he's not. He's oh. not in, yeah, Jeremy Renner's in the he's in 28 Weeks, which is the sequel. And apparently they're coming out with a third one, which will be 28 months later. Oh. Wait, uh, Jeremy Renner's in 28 Weeks Later? Yes, sir. Yeah. He's, he's one of the military too. guys. He's like a little... He wow. Looks so, he looks like a baby in comparison to now. He's essentially Hawkeye in that as well. He protects a lot of people, only has a gun with you know, like, instead of a bow and arrow. With like six, arrow, like six bullets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that he somehow never runs out of. <laughs> but yeah, from the first movie, 28 Days... Uh, to 28 weeks is only six months has passed uh, from the original epidemic that happened in the first one. And then uh, I so believe it's, it's in weeks it, after the epidemic. Yeah. Is that it? Six months, 28 weeks. I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> okay. So maybe I didn't need to explain that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what it's 28 weeks from anyways. So keep going. Yeah, true, that, true. that is confirmed. I, I, didn't look it up. Okay, I totally looked it up. Uh, it's like six and a half months is twenty eight weeks, which which <laughs> would make sense because it's twenty eight days. It's almost it's almost a month. So, uh, wait, continue. Yeah, and then the math will get involved, and then I'll completely lose. <laughs> yeah, we just we just randomly killed his pick because now there's math involved. Um, aside from the movie itself, the soundtrack for this movie in particular was very standoutish for me. Uh, there's a scene where. Uh, the father uh, in the movie, he's kind of estranged from his kids. I guess the the mother and the father had like a falling out. They got a divorce or they're separated. So these people's kids are traveling back and forth into the quarantine zone because the dad works inside of it. And there's a scene in it where there's a house in the middle of like nowhere where this family is. And somehow they, they get found out by the rage virus zombies. Let's call them zombies. Um they track them down and they try to break it in the house and there's like some other survivors there with the family and it might just be the dad and the kids at this point as they're trying to find the mother. But there's a scene at the end of it where this song kicks in. It's a very, it's instrumental and it's very kind of, you know, somber, sounds like a full orchestra playing. But as he's running away from the house where everyone he left behind is in getting eaten or torn apart. This song is playing. He has to like row out onto this pond to get away from all these rage monsters. Hmm. And just right when it hits, it's it's a beautiful scene to me in in all the chaos. It's kind of like a pretty melody. So like it's kind of a juxtaposition it's, to the scene. It's I mean it's kind of I wouldn't say it's pretty. Uh, it's just kind of like it's it drives the scene. It's kind of like. Okay. okay, this guy just got attacked by all these, and he left his entire family in this house to get killed because he couldn't do anything. So it's kind of like, and he looks back and he like he's running away, and you can see him, all the rage monsters running after him in the back, and the, there's like a drone cam shot that like swoops down, and it's just everything about that scene to me is what really stands out in that movie. Okay, and I love and I love it. It's got a pretty top bill cast too. I was just looking back on it. I mean, you've got uh, Rose Byrne and Jeremy Renner. Um, Idris Elba is in this. Um, Harold, I'm going to butcher his last name, but it's Harold Perrineau. I guess is how he's P E R R I N E A U. You nailed it. Cool. Um, yeah, he's in this, and he's like one of those actors where like you don't. He's not like really a household name, but when you see him, you're like, oh, okay. Like you see some of the other stuff that he's been in. If you're um, if you're a comic fan, he played the angel in the Constantine series. 
Okay. See, I didn't. He was a uh, uh, Mercutio you know. in. He was uh, Mercutio in Romeo and Juliet, uh, the Leonardo DiCaprio version, and he was also in The Matrix. So The Matrix Reloaded looks like specifically. So yeah, I mean, pretty good cast. I was like, from what I'm seeing, you know, like yeah. it's. I mean, that that really helps a lot too because these are all like people that like are recognizable now. Jim, you want to give us your number two? apocalyptic film my number two or my number one or my number three uh i since we named all of them let's just go with number three <laughs> yep i'm getting ahead of You're myself sweet. number we're still on number three jim number three <laughs> wait you mentioned something about not seeing a movie right before we started recording i'm wondering if this is it but my number three is the 2010 flick starring denzel washington is the book of eli nope i've seen parts of the book of eli Okay. Yeah. Josh, why'd you say no? That's not the one we were discussing. Oh, oh got it. Okay. Yeah, because I had mentioned like listening to our podcast. So um Yeah. Jim came in uh, on the middle of like our discussion. Oh like, no 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 no. I was talking about when I mentioned like the joke of like listening to our podcast in the apocalypse and you're like, No, I haven't seen that one yet. But, oh, got it. Okay. I missed yeah. that. Sorry. But yeah, the book of Eli, dude, this is like so this is post-apocalyptic, not zombie. So this is like set in the events after the apocalypse uh, where humanity is just pretty much fighting for its life. You've got little, you know, it's a barren wasteland at this point, um, you know, and uh, Denzel Washington's character is a traveler that's traveling around. You know, he just does this thing and travels around and just try to keep the peace and stuff like that. But I mean, this one has, I don't want to give away the ending for anybody who hasn't seen it, but it has such a twist at the end that no one is ever expecting. And it makes you like look back onto the sequences of the movie and wonder how all of this happened. I definitely don't want to say it since Josh, you said you haven't seen it and wait. I think I know. I think I know the twist though. I, okay. Well, we'll have to, we'll have to talk about it afterwards. Okay. But I mean, this was another one. I mean, you know, you've got uh, Denzel Washington. We all know is a fantastic actor. And then Gary Oldman, who is in another like amazing role in this. Um, you got Mila Kunis, who uh, is still will always be Jackie uh, to me. So it's sometimes a little strange for me to see her and other stuff. But yeah, she's in this. Uh, Ray Stevenson. Uh, so Punisher, I think he was what the first Punisher, or he was a Punisher. Um, Jennifer Beals uh, is another big one. So uh, yeah, man, this one's I don't know. This one's just such a really cool because it's not a fast paced movie it's not slow either it's kind of just one of those where like it's the timing is just fantastic on it the way that like they have it you know they have they've got it shot in such a way where like it makes you feel like this is a barren wasteland because it's really i don't want to say grayed but it's like you know there's some like hints of like you know greens and grays and stuff in it like really kind of really kind of fits with how barren everything is was that was the book of Eli was that was it biblical at all? I can't remember if he was yes. like a, a former velocipastor in his uh, pre-apocalyptic life. Or... Why am I not surprised? Uh no, but he is very, very heavy into the Bible, but not okay. in the way that like you know, like you would think he's right. you know, he uh he's what his whole big mission is is he's trying to preserve the Bible. He's trying to preserve you know, like the actual text itself. And right. he has the only copy of, I think the King James Bible. And so, you know, when he, he goes into the town that Gary Oldman runs, you know, they're trying to get a hold of it. 
you know, that way they can, they can take it and they can capitalize it and, and do stuff like that. But he's trying to preserve the word of God. He's trying to preserve the Bible at all costs, you know, but he, he's not, he's not going to kill unless he has to. It's one of those deals where he's nonviolent unless he's pushed to that point of where he has to, he has to be violent. And the dude is a badass. Oh yeah. I might need to go back and rewatch that one. It's a good one. And it's entirely good. Yeah. He's a, it's funny. Cause like that, that joke, I was thinking of this cause he walks around with an iPod and, or it's a Zune. It's like either an iPod or a Zune. Zune. <laughs> is it a Zune? I don't know. I used to have a Zune. So I oh. appreciate anybody who had a Zune. <laughs> yeah. So Eli, Eli, I've never seen it, but Eli is just like a dude. He is not like a biblical figure. No. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, I think there is a biblical figure, Eli, but this Eli is not a biblical figure. Right. Just, that's what I meant. Like he adopted, he's not a. I think he adopted the name Eli because of the the Bible and stuff like gotcha. that. I think okay. I don't remember. I don't think his name was actually Eli. So is this movie just Denzel Washington giving like motivational speeches? <laughs> no. No. With I guns. Mean, he, <laughs> yeah, with guns, pretty much. No, he's like that's the kind of fantastic thing is like when you hear you hear like Bible and and stuff like that, and you're like, ugh. But no, he's like it's really not centered around like him pushing the word of God onto people. He's just trying to preserve this piece of you know religion, this piece of history, this piece of you know of of people literature. Many years. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so okay, it's a it's a it's a really good watch. Honestly, I recommend it. I stumbled upon it and I just fell in love with it. My number three is going to be a 2006 sci-fi thriller called Children of Men, starring Clive Owen. Or Owens? Owen? Clive Owen. Clive-o. Clive-o. <laughs> the guy from The Practice, right? Wasn't he in The Practice? Uh, I know he's in Shoot 'Em Up. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for backing me up, guys. <laughs> What is the practice? What is it? It was a show. I don't know. Is I'm it not... like about lawyers? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I'm not starting yeah, off. <laughs> I'm not starting off my choice very well. Anyway, Clive Owen, it's directed by Alfonso Caron, who did uh Gravity and also Roma, which are two Academy Award nominated films. And I think Gravity won, didn't it? Didn't Gravity win an Academy Award? I give me a second and I'll let you know. Keep okay. talking. All right. This film is about the end of civilization, the end of mankind. Uh, every person on Earth has gone barren. They are no longer allowed to, or they're no longer capable <clears throat> of becoming pregnant or reproducing. Clive Owen stumbles upon the first baby that was born like a mom who gave birth to a, a baby. And so he's trying to escort her to sanctuary in this, in this world. And everybody's trying to, you know, it's just, it's really, it's, it's, it's a really good film. Alfonso Caron likes to do long one take shots. So there's a lot of like one take where it lasts for like five or six minutes. There's one scene particularly that I remember where they're in a car and it's like a shootout or something like that. And it's like a five minute scene, but they never cut. It's just a, a, and then you watch the special features and behind the scenes. And it's like, uh, Julianne Moore is the, is his co-actor. 
and uh, she is driving and fighting, I believe. And the camera pans around, but like she'll shoot her gun and then she'll actually lay her seat back in the car so the camera can pan around her so they can keep that one shot. It's just really interesting how they Ooh, practical. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's there's quite a few of those in that film and it just adds to the tension and stuff because you're never cutting away from these characters. You're staying with them. I just really remembered it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of uh it was a good movie. The now I have I have an uneducated question for you film guys okay is a consistent shot without cutting is that rare is that very hard to do depends on the shot so okay i mean yes because you have to like choreograph it and everything but so like daredevil the show did it with their fight scenes which Mm -hmm. is pretty hard because they had people flying out of doors and flying into into frame and out of frame and it just takes a lot of practice. So when you can right. pull something off like that, it's really it's really something to appreciate, I think. Agree. But uh yeah. so the the cast for this, you're looking at, like I said, Clive Owen, you're looking at Julianne Moore, um Michael Caine, Charlie Hunnam. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. And uh I always butcher this guy's name, Chiwetel. You guys, Hold on. you guys know who I'm talking about? Uh, I think it's a jo- uh, I, oh, a, a God, yeah, I can't remember the name. A a Cameron, I think, like, fit, like corrected me on this one one time too because he was in another movie brought up on a pass list, like in Days Gone. But it looks like it's a Chuetel Agia Four. Okay, yeah, I think that's that sounds about right. But so you have a pretty good cast. Like I said, it's if you appreciate good technical filmmaking and you appreciate solid story i think that you should check this movie out so two things real quick so first of all gravity won several academy awards um yeah there's quite a bit sandra bullock was she won the oh no she was a nominee sorry anyways it did but gravity did win a few academy awards but looking up alfonso uh curon is that how you say it i think Um, it's curon but curon there we go yeah okay um he also directed like uh harry potter and the prisoner of azkaban i think i thought i thought i saw yeah uh harry potter and the prisoner of azkaban the one that he directed which is really weird like that it's you know he has one movie that he directed from this whole like but it kind of like i don't know like that makes sense why that one felt so much different than any of the other ones i'll have to check him out because it looks like he's got some pretty good it was uh, good stuff. So. From what I remember, that one that one was when it started kind of turning a little bit darker too. Yeah. Which yeah, because that was the third one. Which makes a little bit. Which sense. also had Gary Oldman in it. Yep. Correct. It did. It did. Yeah. So there's a common theme. Yep. What a great actor. Oh, he's he's fantastic. Talk about range. All right, let's go ahead and move right along, because we're taking forever. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Probably. Let's go ahead and go to our number two. Number two. So my number two, I'm going to take a little little step back. It's, uh, I guess, pre-apocalyptic, also comedy. Oh. My number two is This is the End. Oh. Starring James Franco, Seth Rogen, Jonah Hill, Craig Robinson, uh, Danny McBride, 
and who else? Jay Baruchel, all it's playing like the themselves. Yeah. Aziz, I'm sorry. Is it Aziz is in it? Uh, Paul Rudd, any comedy actor that you can think of, even Rihanna's in it. She makes Dude, an appearance. Emma Michael Watson, Sarah. Yeah. Oh wow. yeah. So this movie was it's very on the biblical side, which was surprising to me, considering it was a comedy. I don't know. They just kind of wanted to take a new spin on going very biblical with it instead of you know having all this crazy like natural type of stuff happening it's all literally just hellfire uh you know demons demon dogs coming up out of the earth and eating people and then the rapture happens at the very beginning so all the good people are already gone and everybody that's left is just you know bad or selfish or not fit to go into heaven just yet doesn't aziz die like when the rapture happens <laughs> like doesn't he fall into the hole or something yeah the one of the <laughs> One of, I guess they see on the on the news all the sinkholes happening across the world, and then one happens right out in front of James Franco's house where the party's at, and everybody <laughs> runs out and they're just looking at it like, it's happening! Oh my god, it's true! And then like some, I don't know if somebody pushes him or if he's like everybody's kind of he's trying to like push back against people, but yeah, he's one of the first people that falls in and dies. <laughs> I love that. Uh, well, up until a certain point, everyone just plays themselves. So all the top build people are all just playing themselves. Right. Like there's not like a single one of them that is like playing a character. I'm assuming, I'm sure they're playing a character to an extent, but they're still essentially playing themselves, which is really cool. That's gotta be easy and tough at the same time where you're like, I gotta play. How do I play? Yeah. You're like hyper aware of yourself at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, will... are they are they even acting at that point? Right. <laughs> I feel like they're just hanging out and stuff's happening all around them, and they're just like, "All right, this is cool. How would oh, cool. we react to this?" I wouldn't. Yeah, right? I wouldn't be surprised if like there wasn't a script. They just ad libbed ad libbed everything. <laughs> just like, <laughs> yeah. Just Danny McBride being Danny McBride. <laughs> uh, he was one of the one of my highlight actors of that. There's the scene where uh, I guess James Franco finds a porno mag in his bedroom that Danny McBride finds and it, they just, the argument that ensues is just pure gold. I'll have to check that one out. That one's always been on my list. It seemed interesting because of the, of the whole, the whole curve being there. Sorry, I'm a little late to this, but I meant to say when you gave your number two, I meant to say what a Seth Rogen film on your list, Wade. How surprising. Why is it? <laughs> you can just we can just cut and edit that into like where we need to, right? <laughs> yeah, just I'll just move it. Uh, yeah, like, we'll I'm have a, a reaction. I'm a, I'm like, a what? That's so crazy. That's so yeah. weird. And uh, you can put that like right when you're like saying that too. Yeah, because on your on your romance film, you did say that Seth Rogen. It's like your favorite duo or your favorite group. Oh, Seth Rogen and uh, yeah. Jane Franco. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Those, I mean, yeah, they you know they work close. They've been working together since they were teenagers, you know, at Freaks and Geeks, the show. And yeah, they were doing all kinds of crazy stuff before they both blew up, essentially. They just kind of came up in the business together and have that chemistry that really you don't see on screen with a lot of comedy actors. Yeah, they do. They do seem very like relaxed and they do have really great chemistry between one another. And it doesn't seem it seems natural. Right. And when they riff, they show like the deleted scenes or extras or whatever. Like, that's some of the funniest stuff that didn't even make it into the movie. I think I'm a little too young for Freaks and Geeks, because I think that was like mid-90s, wasn't it? Or something like that? Uh, yeah, I think it was like 
early mid somewhere in there. Yeah. I think the first thing I saw Seth Rogen in was uh uh 40 year old virgin actually. Nice. Yeah. That sounds right for me. And then I, the, the role I remember him. Yeah. The 40 year old virgin, the role I remember him in like the most though, uh, where I really started to appreciate him was, a. Uh, Another James Franco flick that he did, um, Pineapple Express. Yeah, that was really, I think, where he took off for me. It's it's mm. been a while since I've seen This Is the End, but I remember it being really funny. Um, I need I, to watch it. I wanted to say that Jay, who's it, Jay Burishell? Yeah, yeah. He's one of those guys that like he's in that group, but I think he's like the least known of all the people. But he's in all that stuff, and he's always great. But it's funny because yeah. if you have kids, then he's the household name pretty much because he's you know the main character in all the How to Train Your Dragon series. Right. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Josh. You don't know yeah, that. Yeah, the, the one here with the kid. <laughs> Sorry. We haven't gotten no, there yet. We're still he, on Frozen. He's been doing a lot of – like not a lot of solo stuff, but he's got his own show. I'm not sure. It might have been canceled by now. It's like Guy Seeking Girl or something on FX or something like that. Oh, but, was it like Guy Seeking Girl for the End of the World or something like that? Uh, that might be the a movie. There's a movie called Seeking a Friend for the End of the World. That's got Steve. I Carell. might have just, I might have just like mashed the two together, which is <laughs> fantastic. Oops. He's like, yeah, that's with uh, Jay Carell, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But yeah, that's my number two. Just wanted to break things up with a little bit of comedy thrown into the, uh, you know, the otherwise not so comedic stuff going on in the world right now. I appreciate well, your comedic I, choice. Break up the I do uh, appreciate that. the sadness of the world in me. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I'm gonna bring that back down though with my number two pick, uh, which was a 2013 flick, and it was the first movie that I had seen Chris Evans in since his Captain America debut. Um, because this was actually done after like all his Captain America stuff, but it's Snowpiercer. Um, nice oh dude that's such a good movie which also wait did you see that they're making it into a tv series yeah i've been seeing all the trailers they're putting out and i'm like oh a show i might have to check that out because that would be a good one to make a show off of i think but josh have you seen this one i have not but i really want to because it's directed by bong joon ho uh yeah um (laughs) i don't know yeah i was like i don't know if i recognize like any of his other stuff right now, but I haven't looked at it. Bong Joon-ho but... did uh, The Host. He did Mother. Ooh, that was a good one. And he did Parasite, which just won Academy Award for Best Film. Okay. So, interesting. Yep. Uh, but Snowpiercer. So, this one is super interesting because this is definitely post-apocalyptic. So, this is after the apocalypse already happened. Um, and essentially, if I remember the exact detail, the world basically froze over and these people are are not stuck on a train, but they have been forced onto a train that needs to keep continually moving. So this train is doomed to encompass the earth for the rest of its days because if it stops, it will freeze and all these people will die. So these people are stuck on a train that's going around the earth. And there's a, a there's essentially a class system within this train. So you start out the movie with uh like Chris Evans and, and he's in the lower class, which is all the way at the back of the train. It's like the slum. These guys are, you know, these guys are the ones that are like shoveling the coal and they're, you know, like they're the poor and the, uh, you know, like they, they look like, you know, what would be homeless people um, now because of the way they're dressed and everything. And up at the very front of the train, you have like almost similar to like the capital in um, the hunger games. 
And so these guys are fighting their way up to the front to try to like, you know, basically usurp this and try to restore order to the train to try to like keep them from, you know, being because they're they're basically being oppressed, like these guys in the back. So I don't know, man. It was just a really cool. It's another one that I just happened to stumble upon that was just like I got through it and I was just like, whoa, that was wicked. So it's really cool. Let me ask the question that I think some of our viewers are thinking. Which one came first? Snowpiercer or speed? Uh, is that really a question that you're asking? Because speed definitely came first. Okay. Like speed was like in the nineties. Are you talking like it's just a movie about a thing that they're on that has to keep going. Oh, but this isn't like <laughs> Okay. okay I, this I is kind of get the comparison there. I, yeah, I get it. Maybe I'm alone on I that, but <laughs> I mean that was good. That's funny. That's funny. I was just like, are you serious? Like, is that really a question? <laughs> that makes sense. It yeah, was... it's like it's like a second ice age, right? That they're yeah, the world has been swallowed by. I believe I'd, so. I'd imagine with a name like Snow Piercer. Snow yeah, because it pierces through the snow. Yeah, yeah, it's, but yeah. if it stops, uh, then everybody gets whoa, pierced. Whoa, wait, inside. is that the name of the train? Yes, that is the name of the train. Sweet. So here we go. So this is the little description on IMDb for it. But in a future where a failed climate change experiment has killed all life. Hold on. Except for the. Do it in your uh, in your movie trailer guy voice. I don't have a movie trailer guy voice, but I'll, I'll give a, it a shot. In right? a world. <laughs> in, a, in a future where a failed climate change experiment has killed all life, except for the lucky few who boarded the Snowpiercer, a train that travels around the globe, a new class system emerges. That was pretty good if you're doing like a Pauly Shore movie. <laughs> a Pauly Shore movie. Oh my god. Come well, see. You, you guys called it. Encino Man 2. <laughs> In theaters this summer. Oh, Pauly man. Shore is super annoying. <laughs> His whole life. <laughs> but no, no I, but yeah, I, I've never seen Snowpiercer, so I, I don't have any... It's really good. Is it? Was it a book? Was it based on a book? Let's find out. Give me, yeah, let's find out. Because I have no idea. That sounds familiar. It's based off of a French graphic novel. Hey. So kind of. That's uh, very obscure. A book A book with pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, when you're getting down to it, it really is. Yeah. Oh, it also had Tilda Swinton and Ed Harris in it. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, which... So it's funny that like if you see Ed Harris, you already know. I love Ed Harris. Yeah, but you already know who he is. <laughs> he's like doomed to play every bad guy in every movie he's in. He's Kristoff from Truman Show. I never watched that one. Oh my god, that's one of my top three favorites. Anyway, we'll he's talk about also, that. Also, he's also. Uh, oh look, there's the the trailer for. It. He's also um, in uh, National uh, National Treasure. Weird. I think he was he was one of like the, he was the villain in the second National Treasure Book of Secrets. Yeah, I'm a big fan of those ones. I like the memes that are like, I'm not gonna have any drinks. It's like me three drinks later. Let's I'm gonna steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, he was he was also on Chips. Oh, he was on a episode of Chips. Anyways, is that my turn? Uh yes, I believe so. Josh, what's your number two? I'm going to be pretty impressed if you guys have seen this movie. Uh, I feel like it's pretty obscure, but maybe I'm wrong. Oh, yeah. I know which movie you're talking about. Sweet. 
This is a post-apocalyptic <laughs> film uh, from 2009 called The Road. Oh, I started that one. I have not seen it. I see the name and like the thumbnail everywhere, though. It's of a, the guy walking with his kid. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's Figo Mortensen. Figo Mortensen. Yep. Um, it's it's pretty sad, Wade. Like, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember it's one of those movies that like left a lasting impression on me, just because it's so. Jeez. It's like, I feel like it's as real as you can get in like a post-apocalyptic because it's not like zombies and stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. like people who he's traveling with his son. I think his wife got sick and died and I forget where they're trying to travel to, but they come across like scavengers and stuff like that. And he has to fight them and bring his son. It's just like, it's like hyper-realistic. I think you used that word earlier, Jim, where it's like hyper-realistic in a, in a post-apocalyptic setting. And you're just yeah. like, God, especially since I have a kid now, I'm sure if I went back and watched it now, I'd look at it in a totally different way. Um, I, yeah, I started this one. Um, and I think this was at a weird time for me movie wise, cause I think now I would appreciate it a lot more, uh, but it was really slow and it's really great. Like they really great on this one, uh, which is, I mean, which is fine because it yeah. adds to that idea, but it was, it was a little slow for me at the time. So I'd have to go back and rewatch it. It is a little slow. I'll give you that. But like I said, I think it, I think it leaves a lasting impression. Um, it's got a, it's got a great cast. Uh, it's got, uh, like you said, Viggo Mortensen. It's got mm-hmm. Cody Smith McPhee, which I didn't know who he was. So I looked him up. He was actually Norman and Paranorman. He was in Dawn of Planet of the Apes and he was a uh, nightcrawler in X-Men Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix. Oh, okay. Nice. So yeah, I see. But I guess it was him. It was in 2009, so he was a you know a kid back then. Uh, Robert Duvall, Guy Pierce yep. is also in that one. Yep. Charlize Theron. Okay. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. And she's casted as a woman. Yeah, she's only in it for like a scene or two. It's just like a flashback but to actually. To be fair, none of them have names because well, even yeah. Viggo Mortensen is just man, is man, and then yeah. Cody Smith McPhee is just boy. So they none of them even have like actual names. And then you have Michael K. Williams, who was in The Wire and some other stuff. And apparently, I do that. All, apparently, he's in Assassin's Creed. Apparently, he was in The Wire, the musical <laughs> in 2012. Uh, he was in 12 Years a Slave, too, it looks like. Oh, yeah. Uh, which was a big hit when that one came out. Uh, Ghostbusters? He was in. Anyways. Um, so yeah, the road, Viggo Mortensen. I also the first thing I saw Viggo Mortensen in was Daylight. Do you remember? You guys remember Daylight? Uh-uh. Yeah, with Sylvester Stallone trapped. Oh in the, no, trapped no. in the tunnel. I was thinking of Sunshine. Sorry. <laughs> both Same, which to, almost made my list. <laughs> it's like both having to do with uh, day, some kind of light, I guess. Yes. Yeah, I mean, for me, Viggo Mortensen is is will always be Lord of the Rings. He was always, you know, that's fair. That was his, yeah. yeah, so that's where I always knew him from. Eric Orn. Yeah, there it is. Sweet. Uh, don't have much to say about the road other than you should watch it. And like I said, it's it's not for everybody, Jim. You are right; it is slow. Uh, we talked about that earlier. I'm not going to really dwell on it anymore, but if you can get past that again, if you like strong story, cause I feel like the story is really strong. I think it might be a little bit on the longer side, like two and a half hours or so. 
maybe if I remember. Let's find out. Hold on, I've got it pulled up here. Let me find out. But is there any action? Any 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 anything? Or is it just are they walking on a road the whole time? There is a lot of walking. Like I said, they do encounter different people. Like they're right. um, they encounter some scavengers who set up a camp, and I think he has to fight them and kill them or or something. And he encounters uh, Michael K. Williams, who is a thief trying to rob them, and things kind of escalate from there. I don't really want to give it away because it's a really great scene. That's one of the scenes that I remember. And Michael K. Williams puts on an amazing performance in that scene. Um, to answer your earlier question, Josh, it's only an hour. It's only an hour fifty-one. I say that like it's like it's nothing, but. Yeah. So, I mean, but your standard, like, dramatic film is usually about two hours, so that's right. In yeah. That. It's that time, gentlemen. Time for number one. Do, 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 do. Number one. All right, so my number one comes in hot. We were talking about it earlier, Josh, and uh, oh, there yeah. might be a little argument here uh, because I also do not think this movie falls under the zombie category, but it is definitely... So there's a lot of, I'm just going to say, it's I Am Legend is my number one, uh, starring Will Smith. Um, he plays a scientist looking for a cure to a disease, a virus that has taken over the world, killed the vast majority of people, and he's left in New York City area uh, to fend for himself, him and his dog. And uh, yeah, he's just trying to find a cure in his basement. He's locked up tight. And these are more, I would say they're more mutant vampires yeah. than they are zombies. I think they describe them as such. But yeah, they don't, they can't come out during the day. Uh, so he has to do all his, his shopping and his hunting and his exercise and his literally everything during the day. He can't yeah. go out at night or he'll get, you know, either eaten or torn apart or they'll suck his blood. <sighs> Whatever mutant vampires do. One of the only movies recently to make me when I watched this one for the first time. You cut out. Did you say cry? Yes, I did say Cause, cry. Because same. Yeah. And I, I know what scene, and let's not even talk about yep. it. Nope, nope. That's all I'm going to say about it. Right. That scene in this movie Just made me hate kills it. me. But yes. at the same time, it, it made my number one. So kills me. It kills me. Oh, yeah. I'm going to back up your argument, Wade. The reason that I also don't consider this to be like a zombie film. And this is kind of an unfair comparison, but the book that it's based off of, which is a 1954 post-apocalyptic horror movie or horror novel rather was in fact zombie. Uh, it was in fact vampires. Wow. I can't talk. <laughs> zombie vampires. You say so? No. So the, <laughs> the original monsters in the original I Am Legend were actually vampires. Just straight okay. up old school 1954 vampires. From what I remember, yeah, there was actually <laughs> one. Blair. I think they reference him in the film, but he's not as pivotal as a character as he is in the book. But there's one character that Robert Neville, who is uh, Will Smith's character, is like locked in his house in the book. And every night the vampires come to his house and like taunt him so they can talk. And there's one character, I think it used to be his neighbor or something like that, that like jumps on his roof and he like taunts him to come out every day. Wow. And so I know, 
good. In this movie, he's got a system set up to where like lights kick on mm-hmm. at night to keep him at bay around his around his house or apart, around his house or apartment or whatever. Because or there was at least one scene where he had to do that. He had to kick on a bunch of like floodlights yeah. to like surround the area and a bunch of light to keep him at bay. But um, I, I I definitely would not consider this a zombie movie. But I actually have a, somewhat of a different argument as to why because this one isn't centered around that idea like yes you have these like essentially what are like you know monster vampire zombie type of type of characters but they're they're such a secondary they're such a secondary thing to the entire movie itself like they're 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 they exist to be the threat but they're not like you know if you look at any zombie movie like that's the main thing that they're that they're you know focusing on this one is it's watching him because like for the first like at least quarter of the movie, like we don't even see any of these things. Like they're not a threat at all. He's doing his thing. He's living his life. He's trying to, you know, find his cure and, and he's doing all this, you know? And so like, it's, it's very not centered around the, the quote unquote zombie aspect of it. Yeah. I, I like that. We all have three different arguments as to why this is not a zombie film. <laughs> so this is not a zombie film is what we're saying. Yeah. But so Wade, you got it. Let us know if you listen to this episode and you got this far, if you think I Am Legend is a zombie film or not. Did we, did wait, wait, did you talk about this movie or did we talk about it? I just kind of gave the, you know, I said my piece on the scene, the scene. Um, there's, so Will Smith is also one of my favorite actors, which is why this is in my number one. So just seeing him do his thing on screen, typically in this movie, it's just him and the dog yeah. for the most part. Yeah. So to see him really shine in a role like this, that he's, I mean, he's an action guy, of course, but he plays a scientist. He's got immune, you know, he's immune to the virus that's going oh, that's on. that's right. And I he's trying to use that. his own blood. So a lot of his time is spent, like, just researching and, you know, going through all the experiments. He's got... a bunch of rats in his basement that he's you know trying to put the cure into to see if it works and then he'll catch random vampire mutants and take them back and try to cure them so he's not trying to fight these guys he's trying to cure them but everything he's trying is not working until you know at some point maybe it works maybe it doesn't it's just will smith being a big nerd in his lab pretty much it's my it's my fave It, it is a good movie. I considered putting this one on my list, but there was uh, other ones that I wanted to talk about um, a little bit more that I think I enjoy because this is a good movie, but I tend to avoid watching this movie because of said scene. <laughs> um, so, but there was, yeah, I wanted to talk about a few other movies. We're going to find out what Jim's number one is right after the break. Ooh. Just kidding. Go ahead, Jim. <laughs> Um, that, I'm actually super excited for my number one. Go that's ahead. the part where you advertisers could have your products advertised yeah. on our podcast. Woo. So get them out there. Cool. My number one. I am so excited about this one. I love this movie with a passion. Um, it is the uh, 2009 animated flick. Uh, nine is the name of the movie. Nice. Uh, yeah, have you guys seen that one? No, I have not. No, oh, you guys, you guys got to watch this one. This one is not for kids. I was like, is for that the sure, it's like the sack guy or whatever. That's correct. Yeah, okay. yeah. It, this movie is intense. 
holy crap is it intense it's essentially what happened was this scientist um i guess essentially figures out a way and he essentially puts his soul into nine like or pieces i think it's like pieces of his soul into like nine different uh nine different little uh sack people um and each one has a different personality of their own i mean like this is i mean another pretty top built cast because you've got john c Riley in it uh christopher Plummer, elijah wood jennifer Connolly, crispin glover you know so they're all voices of the different like sack people and they all play a, a crucial role in this whole deal but nine specifically is this character um number nine he is holds i don't remember so this is probably the worst like the worst thing to say on a pick like this but like i don't remember exactly what the key was that he held um but he holds the key to uh saving the human race because this is essentially like a post-apocalyptic future where like a corporation or like machines have taken over and there's like these like violent machines that are like cleaning up and and i like you know they're having to battle these and they're like these massive it's almost like um what is that with uh keanu reeves uh the matrix that idea where there's these machines that are running through the tunnels and stuff and you've got like a small like group of people who are just trying to get by them and try to save everything so it's 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 such a fantastic movie though i mean if you guys get a chance to watch it like please do i was a little skeptical going into an anime not knowing what it was but i mean walked out like or walked away from it just being incredibly wild by like the animation like the the uh the music because the the one that hit for me was the coheating cambria song that they played in the trailers for it so that was Was one uh was it welcome home by any chance i think so probably yeah yeah yeah, I think that's the one. I think that's the one. Thanks for the accurate. Uh... <laughs> the riff. Yeah. I, I had to look it up. Yep. <laughs> Did you look it up? Cool. Okay. Yeah, I've never seen this one, Jim. I've the I've always seen the thumbnails and some of like just random scenes from it, but it's not a Disney movie, is it? Oh no. Okay. Uh, oh, I don't even know what the studio was. Hold on. So you mentioned the music being a like an influential part of the film. I wanted to mention that the composer for the film was actually Danny Elfman, who is a very well known yeah composer. Oh yeah. So that that really that's that that makes a lot of sense now. That one I actually didn't know. And then uh, while you're while you're looking it up, uh, it was co. Was it co-produced by Tim Burton and Timur? Oh Lord, uh, Bekmam Bekmambatov, who okay. who did uh, he directed Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter oh, nice. in twenty twelve. He did uh, he did Wanted in two thousand eight. Oh, sick! Okay, and he did a couple of movies that I really uh, like called uh, Night Watch and Day Watch, and the like Russian supernatural type films they're really good they're, they're vampire movies come on just say it Pro- probably <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, these are my, my reasons why they Kate are not actually, vampire movies <laughs> she has that movie and she showed i think it was i think it's night watch but i saw day watch is a sequel right yes 
Okay, I didn't know if it was Day Watch first and then Night Watch. Uh, no, I think Night uh, Night Watch came first. Okay, it's like Knocked Dozer or whatever is the Knocked Noi Dozer in German. Noise. Anyway, um, so it's a, a relativity relativity media and focus features were the production companies um, for this. But I like Tim Burton. I oh no, uh, Shane Acker. Yeah, Shane Acker yeah. directed it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, nine. This is one of those movies where, for some reason, like some of the minor details are always super hazy for me. So every time I go back and rewatch the movie, I'm always wowed again. You know, I was just like, oh, I forgot how intense this movie was. And you said it's not for kids. I don't think or, I would recommend it. Okay. I don't know children. if it was like full adult or if it was like, no, you know, it's not it's full for the whole family. It's PG It's PG 13. So, I mean, okay. You know, it, it's one of those where it's like I would, I would, as a, as a like, so recommending it to a parent, I would tell them to watch it first, and then see if they, because obviously, like every family is different, every kid is different, you know. So recommend parents watch it first, and then if they feel like their kid can handle it, then they can show it to their child. But it's, I, I think it's a little intense for children. To to answer your uh, your question from earlier. It was Focus Features uh, LLC, which is under Universal. Oh, got it. I didn't know that part. Yeah. So it was a. It was essentially a Universal film. Yeah. So and then, like I said, a relativity relativity media as well. First Nine and only animated. One. Maybe. I'm also really excited for my number one. Wait, wait, wait! What did you say? Also an animated or oh. first and only animated? Me. No, Wade. Oh, yeah. I was just saying. Potentially. That, yes. I was trying to lead it into Josh doing his own. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Mine is not just, animated, so. I just killed it. No, right. I watched it. No, I didn't say the right words, probably. <laughs> well, we all killed it because mine's not animated. <laughs> but Perfect. it is a comedy, so I got, got two of those. I uh, think I know what it is. <laughs> probably. My number one pick. Is a 1999. Nope, I have no idea what it is. <laughs> a fantasy comedy film from one of my favorite directors, Mr. Kevin Smith. It's oh, I know it's just going Dogma. Yeah, I one of my favorite movies of all time, Josh. Just so you know, it's it's so good. I'm guessing you haven't seen it, Jim. Nope, unfortunately, I have not seen this one. Oh man, we're gonna have to change that soon. <laughs> It's it's totally worth your time. It's it's so good. So it's about two renegade angels who were banished from heaven and forced to live in Wisconsin. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Yep. And they figure out a way to cleanse themselves of sin and get back into heaven, which proves God wrong. And if you prove God wrong, it unmakes existence. So it's less like apocalyptic earthwise and more ap- apocalyptic like e- everything ever. <laughs> so Yeah, and only like a select few know about it at the time that it's going on. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's like the Alan Rickman is the Metatron who is the voice of God. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to think of who else. Uh, Salma Hayek is 
She's the muse. She plays the muse. And Linda Florentino is like one of the main characters. They tap her to like carry out the mission. It's got George Carlin. It's got Janine Garofalo. It's got Chris Rock, Jason Lee, like all the people you would you see in all of Kevin Smith's movies. But Alanis Morissette actually plays God. I think that's a really interesting spin on everything. Isn't it ironic? Don't you think? <laughs> a, li- a little too ironic. Yeah, I really do think. Uh, but, <laughs> but <laughs> that was awesome. So, but it's but it's it's just so good. It's like it's really if you're a big Christian, I don't know that I would recommend this movie to you. <laughs> it's it could be seen as a little sacrilegious. I think. What do you think, Wade? Well, it kind of goes back to, I was just thinking about this. Um, Whenever, you know, biblical Christianity stuff is involved in post-apocalyptic movies, they seem to make it comedic. Like, that's the main focus of it. So I don't know if it's like, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I just, if you're able to take like tongue-in-cheek humor no matter what it's like referencing to like referencing then i think it would be all right but it's still it's it's my favorite kevin smith movie by far it's like the last thing that i saw uh jason lee in other than my name is earl but (laughs) he plays he plays a demon coming from hell and he's he's fantastic he's yeah he's so good yeah. He was, uh, Jason Lee was in, don't ask me how I know this, but he was in Alvin. I didn't, I didn't hear what you said. <laughs> I said he was in the Alvin and the Chipmunks movies. Oh yeah, he totally was. The <laughs> <laughs> I've never watched those movies for the record and I don't uh-huh. think I ever will. Uh-huh. He was, uh, <laughs> let's see, he was. Yeah, they're, you're right, wait, they're playing in the background right now. <laughs> he was Syndrome in The Incredibles. What? Oh I yeah, know that. Yep. Alvin <laughs> and the Chipmunks, the road chip. Ugh. He also played. I don't know if you guys remember the. It might have been Skate Three, Skate Two, or Skate Three. Oh, he plays, yeah. Uh, kick, kick, yeah. Yeah, he's name. the the coach. He's the coach, yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. Oh, I don't know. Instructor, like whenever yeah, you learn how is. to start playing the controls and stuff. Kick, kick, yeah. Kick, kick, yeah. I totally I love it, that. dude. I did not. Know oh, that. I love it. He's in. He's also in Tony Hawk's Project Eight. So apparently, he's like got an in in the skateboard community. Yeah, I think he's a former pro skater or currently is a pro skater. What? So, so, I follow him on Instagram. He's a professional photographer. He takes like uh, that makes sense. What is it like eight millimeter photography or whatever the the millimeter is? He's a former professional skateboarder and co-founder of Stereo Skateboards. That's right. Yeah. He... Oh, weird. Retiring from skateboarding in '95, maintained yeah. solid ties to the industry. So, anyway, there's some fun facts about Jason Lee for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, we He's from... also a great actor. We or was Dogma to Jason Lee. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, he was in Dogma. That's fair. So, I mean, it still ties in. I really want to say his famous line from that movie, but it, it drops an f bomb. Uh-huh. You could say it. I'll just bleep it. I'm a f***ing demon. That's right. <laughs> yep. 
That's <laughs> so good. All right. That's a high point for the, the list to end there on Jason Lee, I guess. <laughs> so we are bringing back honorables and dishonorables this episode. So let's go ahead and kick it off with that neat little trumpet that I did not <laughs> that I did not play, but bought it from some royalty free website. <laughs> nice. I think I would I would go out and get you a trumpet if you would play or if you try to play the sound and implement it in all of our episodes. If I tried to play the trumpet, it would definitely be our dishonorable <laughs> tone. <laughs> <laughs> well i'm using that as the honorable now <laughs> just wait go. just, bah, just bah. cut it <laughs> hey man i can do a better take than that <laughs> but maybe later wait after your after your honorable mention what are you bringing hey, to the honorable table i'm gonna bring this might be a, a pop this might be popular might be an un, unpopular but it, it made it into my honorable uh it's a very long movie two hours um and it's Mad Max Fury Road. Oh! For obvious reasons, this is in my honorable. It didn't Ooh. quite make the list. I took that one off my Ooh. list because I talked about it in another show because okay. I freaking love that movie, dude. It's it's great. Uh, everything oh, about it so was good. great. Uh, I've only seen it through the entirety of it once, uh, but I've seen it like multiple times different scenes at other times people were watching and I just kind of show up and be like, Oh, I'll watch this. I love this movie. But, uh, it was very well received, uh, by professionals movie. and, you know, non-professionals, lots of action, lots of drama, lots of blood and gore, not to yeah. the extent of, you know, gore porn, but the way it was shot, a lot of the tastefully done. Stuff, so you're saying it yeah, wasn't directed by Eli Roth. Negative. <laughs> George Miller. Yeah, and he's a crazy person, <laughs> but I love it. Crazy people make up the best stories or, or form the best stories, I guess. Agree. I guess there's going to be another Mad Max. Because he's a producer on George Miller, is a producer on Mad Max The Wasteland. Ooh. So. Be looking forward to that one. Whenever that comes out. I mean, I am now. <laughs> the tagline for it is madness keeps me sane. Ooh. <laughs> and I've noticed, let me just say something about Mr. Tom Hardy. This guy rarely acts, but he's great in everything I've seen him in. <laughs> that's like, dude, he'll that's say, probably he'll, like, like the grunt. most accurate way to put it. He'll grunt every now and then and he's just like, mm. and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah dude. Awesome. Yeah, I <laughs> feel that, man. I felt that in my bones, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he's always no, fun to watch. He's not really, you know. I mean, he's just a good-looking guy, and he's really badass. Yeah, he he's a good-looking guy who's look doomed cool. to be behind like some sort of mask in all of his movies. Right. <laughs> I've been wanting to see what's the movie. <sighs> While you figure it out, I want to say that one of the things I appreciate about this movie is the lack of dialogue in this because you would think that like the lack of dialogue in a feature length film like this would not be successful at all but somehow they managed to like just be make it fantastic and like just everything about this movie just was was great 
Um, yeah, it's essentially a huge car chase. Basically, the movie. <laughs> that's basically what it is. But such cool cars. I'm trying to look at pictures of it now because I want to see. Josh, did you think of the movie? I'm getting there. Hang on. Okay. Uh, one other thing too, we're talking about uh, George Miller being the director. He also George Miller also directed Happy Feet and Happy Feet <laughs> Two, so which is interesting because he went from doing all of the Mad Max movies because he's directed all of them, and including the Twilight Zone movie, uh, to doing Happy Feet and Babe Pig in the City. So he did Babe as well. I think no Babe Pig in the City. I believe is the sequel to Babe. Well, okay, but I mean that that doesn't really. Oh no, it says he's a producer on that one. Let me let me see here real quick. Yeah, but he was involved oh, no. with Babe Pig in the City. Oh yeah, no, 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 he was a director. Sorry, he was he was the director and producer oh, of that yeah. one. Maybe I'm wrong. I think Babe. Yeah, it looks like Babe is just Babe. Never mind. Yeah, hey Babe. Yeah. No, yeah, that's no, it. No, it is the sequel. Um, it's it is the sequel. Yeah, you're right. Pig in, Pig in the City is the sequel. Okay. Okay. Yep. So that 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 doesn't like take away from the fact that like this. <laughs> This guy who directed an amazing movie like Mad Max Fury Road has also got Happy Feet and Babe under his belt, or Babe Pig in the City under his belt, which is fantastic. I'm gonna say not He's only got a did very he... obscure filmography. Holy crap! <laughs> not, not Are you only... looking it up, Wade? Yeah. Not only did he co-write and produce Babe Pig in the City, or sorry, not only did he co-write, produce, and direct Babe Pig in the City. He also co-wrote and produced the original Babe. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So, oh, man. This guy likes his Babe. <laughs> oh, dude, like what a, uh, what a, what a track record. What a, what a resume. That's great. But yeah, Josh, please go watch Mad Max Fury Road. Okay. Have you not seen it, Josh? Anyway, Jim, what's your? Uh... <laughs> we're talking. We're talking about honorables right now, not not dishonorables. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Josh is dishonorable. We'll get there in a no, second. No, no, and it's uh... and it's funny because I own a physical copy of the, the Blu-ray, <laughs> but I've never sat down and watched it. I'm I'm a I'm, I'm a failure. Josh, I'm coming over and watching the movie with you. Or you're coming over here and watching yeah, it. Yeah, y'all are watching Dynamite next week. You're watching Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> we're gonna no, we're gonna watch we're gonna have a movie night. We're gonna watch Mad Max and then we're gonna watch Dogma. And it's gonna be a good movie night. Oh yeah. That should yeah, let's do it. Even though we've been talking about it on the podcast. Yeah. We've been we always talk about movie nights. Um We're gonna watch it live on Facebook. Yeah. Uh cool. Moving into my honorable mention, uh, this is, I think, the only movie that we've had on the list that is the is like watching the apocalypse because I think most of ours have been like after the apocalypse already happened. Um, but this 2004 uh flick directed by Roland Emmerich, starring Jake Gyllenhaal and uh Dennis Quaid, is The Day After Tomorrow. So, <laughs> ooh, uh, Josh, that almost that almost made my dishonorable. <laughs> oh, really? It's just so stupid. It's great. I love it. Wade, what were you gonna say? I, for my dishonorable, I have another Roland Emmerich movie, and I thought that you were gonna say this one, <laughs> but I'll save it. Um, but maybe this was like the the beginning of the events to Snowpiercer because this also has to do with like. Uh, 
like a flash freeze ice age type of deal. Um, isn't it like the day after, isn't it like a bunch of different disasters all at once? Or something? Yeah, essentially, essentially what happened is is uh, a, let me see here. I'm looking at the I'm at the I'm on the IMDb. Yeah, it's like it says page. an enormous superstorm develops, setting off cat- uh, catastrophic natural disasters. Yeah. So, but I mean, like the the uh, the main part of the movie that is like it, you know, is they're in yeah they're in New York. They're in New York because there's a picture of the Statue of Liberty being frozen over, and I'm like trying to remember what this. Um, but they're like stuck in New York City. So it's like um, f- it's- frozen Planet of the Apes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it looks like, uh, the the poster at least. But yeah, no, essentially that's what happens is they get hit with like a, almost like a hurricane esque type of deal. Mm-hmm. So because that's when the big like flash freeze happens is uh, you know and, and this is this is the kind of one of those scenes where it was just like they're outrunning the cold, basically like they're they're outrunning it as the stuff is freezing up behind them. Um, but these guys end up getting trapped. Uh, the city is is stuck in 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 snow and ice and stuff, and his. Dad, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character, Dad, uh, Dennis Quaid, is coming to try to save him. So they're trekking across all this ice and snow. I just, this movie isn't very good um, by any means. There's a lot of questionable stuff where you're just like, okay. But this movie has a very special place in my heart. (laughs) So that's why I put it on my honorable mention. It's a fun movie, I think. It's about as good as Independence Day. If you like it. (laughs) Whoa, 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 whoa. If you like it for like personal reasons that's fine but you can't come in and be like it's great the cinematography was like off the hook <laughs> it's just no it's, i like it i mean it's it's, it's a story it's, that grabbed me like what yeah i mean it's it's fun it's fun i like it um i mean it's not it's not terribly shot it's not you know i mean it's got it's got big name actors in it so it's not like it's you know because you have also have emily rosam um in it along with you know jake gyllenhaal and dennis quaid uh ian holm is in it so i mean you've got like you know you've got a decent cast but that doesn't mean that the movie's always going to be great you got a solid but... like b or c class or cast i guess oh Ooh. dang anyways <laughs> no uh no i mean uh, the, the whole the whole story because if you if you look at when you look at my dishonor you'll see that like you know I've got a movie that like kind of mirrors the same idea, um, but it's almost dishonorable. So this is by no means a great, great story, but it's fun. It's a fun movie, I think. By the way, I looked up Roland Emmerich, and I'm going to be really pissed if it's the movie that I'm thinking of, Wade. So. <laughs> On my dishonorable? Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, ex- I'm excited. It's got to be. It's uh, got to be it. I hope I hope not. I'm going to be pretty disappointed because we've had, we've had some good breakthroughs. We had a we had a strong connection on dogma. <laughs> um. So Roland Emmerich also did Independence Day. Well, let's just wait. I just want to wait and yeah. see. Uh, okay. He also did some other movies. Yeah. So. But let's yeah, get through. Other... My... Let's. I'm, I'm I'm not gonna say it. Let's get through my honorable because my honorable is gonna be a Roland Emmerich movie called Independence Day. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Actually, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. I love oh, okay, Independence okay. Day, dude. That makes me feel better. Yeah, definitely uh, wasn't that one. So, everybody, everybody should know what Independence Day is. If not, it's a <laughs> sci-fi thriller. Uh, also, action. one of the Quaid brothers. Who? 
Also one of the Quaid uh, family oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, of uh, actors. Oh, Randy. Randy Quaid, yeah. Randy Quaid. <laughs> oh, I got his line at the very end. <laughs> yes, I know what you're talking best. about. <laughs> I know what you're talking I'm about. Back. Uh, <laughs> so good, dude. Anyways, uh, Josh, go ahead. So the reason that I chose it is, uh, first of all, it's a it's a really entertaining film. I can watch it whenever it's on. It's awesome. Um, it's great. It's funny. It's entertaining. It's I wouldn't say it's scary, but it's like it's a little intense at at moments. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, it can be. But it's got a pretty solid cast. You have Will Smith. You have Bill Pullman who plays the president. Uh, Jeff Goldblum, who I guess, like in any movie, he just doesn't give a shit. <laughs> no. Um, Mary McDonald, Judd Hirsch, yeah, Randy Quaid, Harry, Randy Harry Quaid. Oh yeah. Uh, Robert Loja. <laughs> Robert Loja. Har uh, Harvey Feinstein. Harvey Feinstein. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's it's about aliens who show up and start to attack earth and that's pretty much it i I don't think there's a reason that they attack them (laughs) it's like they just start blowing shit up and it's yeah pretty much it's so good no no peace no peace and will smith is like i'm a pilot i need to take care of this oh my god adam baldwin was in this one i guess so (laughs) yeah (laughs) but very cool very quotable movie it is. Yes, I've seen this movie. Um, I don't even know how many times. Vivica A. Fox also, which you yeah, I was gonna say that yeah. from uh, Kill Bill. She was in Kill Bill. Yeah. And the reason that I chose it is not only is it fun; it's it's the Bill Pullman speech on the back of yes. the Humvee. <laughs> yeah, I know it word for word. <laughs> Do you really? I'm not. Oh, that's so good. I had to use it like in a song before a breakdown, but it's way too long. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Cause I, I think that's actually the first like quote. If you look up quotes and uh, I, and I am, that's the first like quote that comes up is that entire speech. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, it's that entire speech that comes up. That's the very first quote. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. You know, <laughs> you know what you could do, Wade, not to, what? not to write songs for you. Wait, I'm trying to pull it up real quick. Uh, you could do like the last part of it. Uh, yeah. We will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. Like vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Yeah. Today is our Independence Day. Yeah. You could <laughs> oh. you could play that on the build up. And then, yeah. Okay. And then go. just drop it into the breakdown right there. Today's our Independence Day. Or today we celebrate our Independence Day. <laughs> There you go. I'd be down to give that a shot. I would I would hardcore dance to that. <laughs> Mosh call twenty twenty. <laughs> I'd have to get back in shape. All the little all the little like fifteen year olds would beat me up. <laughs> but yes, Independence Day. Couldn't couldn't have it. Uh I came up on Apocalyptic. I never really thought about it as like an apocalyptic film, but I, I guess I didn't either. Right. But I guess if you think about it, if they wipe out the earth as we know it that would fall under the apocalypse. <laughs> so they, 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 were, they got pretty close in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't for us Americans. Those red blooded Americans stopping them. Or, or Russell if, case. If it wasn't for, uh, what is it? Jeff Goldblum having the, 
the cold or whoever. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. I think he sneezed and he was like, "Oh wait a minute." <laughs> I like how they made Rough fun genius. of that in South Park, where he just like comes out of left field with yeah. ideas. <laughs> He's like, "Wait a yeah. minute, cold." <laughs> Are right. you alien assholes? In the words of my generation, up yours. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Oh, was that it? that is that's his final line, wasn't it? No, and then after that, he goes, uh, "Hello, hi. boys. I'm back." Oh, that's... Yeah, dude. Oh, I, I absolutely love that movie <laughs> with all of my so acceptance. Good. He's gonna be like, "Now here's my dishonorable Independence Day." Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> While I love the movie, here's why it's bad. <laughs> I would never. Though the same director is it my is it my go here? Curveball. Yeah, let's go ahead and all uh, three of ours are going to be directed by Roland Emmerich. Well, he did already did Honorable. His first. <laughs> oh, that's true. Dishonorable. That's true. So, without any ado, we're all dying to know what it is. Let's do to the Dishonorable thing. It's going to be 2012. No way, dude! Oh, yeah. Also directed by Roland Emmerich. Yes, dude, that's my Dishonorable. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, it came out in uh okay, um okay here. Maybe that's 2009. Maybe that's the movie that I'm thinking of, Jim, with all the that was stupid. Maybe Day After Tomorrow oh, yeah. is not as stupid. Day After with, Tomorrow uh, was, had a certain stupidity to it, but <laughs> Yeah. Uh we got John Cusack as the main yep. character, also the uh Chewedle uh, uh that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, John Cusack plays like a uh, failed novelist, or he's like an old novelist, and a frustrated writer is what IMDb has it. There you go. (laughs) But I I guess him and I don't. I don't want to keep saying his name and botching it. Uh, (laughs) Just, just Chiwetel. Yeah, we're we're on a first name basis with him now. Yeah, he he stumped. I guess it's it takes from biblical as well, being the year two thousand twelve when. There, okay. I remember because I was grad. I graduated high school in 2012, and I'm like, I was gonna be so pissed if I went to high school just for the world to end, like <laughs> months before I graduated. I never got to live, man. <laughs> it's weird. Well, yeah, that it's a, any, we're gonna shock the world. It's weird that 2012 came out in 2009. You think they would have? They had to get it out before the movie ended, <laughs> or they had to get it out before the world ended. <laughs> This is what we're preparing for. Yeah, pretty much. Just stupidity. You think everybody was buying toilet paper in 2012, too? No. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Were they really? Yeah, any impending apocalyptic saying, yeah, mass hysteria. A... It's crazy, man. I grew up in a different area, though. So. People were just pooping themselves and needing a wife <laughs> everywhere they go. Oh, man. Uh, back to 2012. 2012 that's this was quite the movie i remember walking out just being entertained but (laughs) there was a lot that was going on with this movie i think i remember a scene of them like running as the entirety of like the earth is collapsing behind them and they're like running away from it uh i think it's a they hijack like a plane like a private plane on an airstrip and like the airstrip behind them is just collapsing into itself like the visuals, the graphics, everything that you know, all the CGI and stuff, it had a huge budget. Like, and it didn't flop. It was, it was an entertaining movie. I saw it in the movie theater. I did too. <laughs> there there you it go. is. That's that's the scene, Josh. Uh, we just posted up a picture of the of the carnage happening on the, the little tiny like 
uh, puddle puddle jumper yeah. plane that they were on. They they got the Discord noise. Nice. Oh, did they really? Oh, sweet. Yep. John Cusack, though, he doesn't play a very convincing dude in distress, especially he has his family with him in tow the entire time. So he's just lugging his two kids this whole movie and they're jumping on whatever transportation that, you know, can land or still fit on the earth. that's not collapsed into itself. So it's kind of like, a, oh, I just I it wasn't believable for me because Mm -hmm. of him. It was a lot. I mean, the whole arc thing that they were doing, too, because they were, like, selling tickets onto, a, like, a world-class, like, you know, thing that, like, a world-class ship. Almost like Noah's Ark. But right. they were, like, selling tickets. It was a capitalist Noah's Ark. Oh, no. Um, yeah, so, like, that was what, and they, like, I, <laughs> this is this is where it lost me. John Cusack, I I, I don't know if he like somehow conned his way onto the ship or if he managed to like get somebody's ticket or how, but somehow this like very unassuming, like, you know, quote unquote failed writer, as it like says in like the, or, you know, struggling writer got onto this ship that was like for the, like the 1%. I think he like saved the life of a very rich man and his family. So and they, the they kind of like, they like owed him or something like that. Yeah, or they like paid for his way to get on or something once they like, yeah. showed up to the place and they were turning okay. everybody away. But at one point they had to literally just sneak onto the ship because they got booted off or fell off because some crazy stuff was happening. Again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was weird. Two things. Where did they think they were go when it's like a global catalyst? <laughs> cataclysm? <laughs> I think they were planning on a flood, like a Noah's Ark level flood. But I don't know, dude. I don't know. That's what's so weird. Like, and and my second thing wanna... is, uh, John Cusack's character is his name is Jackson Curtis, and that totally sounds like a failed writer. <laughs> so, so kudos to whoever a last wrote it. name for a first name and a first name for a last name. Ah, <laughs> such a douche. Josh, name. you gotta you gotta look. Oh, have you seen this movie, Josh? No, I don't think. Oh, I, will. Man, I don't you, think I will be you, seeing. You gotta <laughs> know. I mean, I I would. You gotta look up. You cut out. All I heard was Great. I had to look up. <laughs> you got to look up pictures. You got a, I mean, got a is... 39% on Rotten Tomatoes. I know that Dude, you don't really care about that, but it's no. very low. <laughs> so the thing that got me, you said it was really successful, and it was. It has a $200 million budget, and it made almost $800 million at the box office. So, I mean, I guess it wasn't all bad. And a great director. But apparently, maybe yeah. the, ca- the casting because Amanda Pete was John Cusack's like wife, and she's not, she's never been in really anything good. Oh, lord, yeah. <laughs> did you, you just saw it? Jim sent me a picture of like, I guess, a city lifting up or something, mm-hmm. like a city block lifting up out of the ground. It's uh, it's on the it's on the shore. I should have sent like the uh, like the bigger picture, but it's like on the coast, so, so it's like, yeah, it's like just falling into the earth, yeah, it? pretty much. Falling into the ocean. I was also going to mention you guys describing the plot and stuff. I it blows my mind that they didn't cast Nicolas Cage for the starring role. <laughs> this is a very Nicolas Cage esque, but I think I don't know. Yeah, this is a very Nicolas Cage esque movie, which is why it was also so weird that John Cusack was in it. <laughs> Except, I guess John Cusack wasn't like it wasn't a role where he was going around fighting people. Was it John Cusack? John Cusack fights people. No, <laughs> or that's what Nicolas I'm Cage. Yeah, Nicholas Cage. Like, 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> he just out like fights people. Yeah, he's like Russell yeah, Crowe. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Fighting around the world. <laughs> That's a South Park reference for any of you guys. Yeah, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. <laughs> so, my oh, 2012 man, what a movie! What a movie! <laughs> Speaking of all things dishonorable. I think you guys will totally agree with my dishonorable because I don't know anybody that liked, like legitimately liked this movie. It's going to be the happening. Yes. Oh my God. That's the movie I should have put on. Oh God. That movie is awful. (laughs) So the happening for those of you lucky enough not to know what it is, is a film by none other than, M. Night Shyamalan uh, about people dying mysteriously and at this point you probably shouldn't watch I, it so I'm just going to tell you what it is. Just spoil it dude. It's the trees man. The trees the- are causing people to kill themselves <laughs> because they are destroying the earth and I guess they the, the trees got pissed off or something. This totally should have been the movie I put on there just for Mark Wahlberg acting in this. I'm a fan of Mark Wahlberg in movies. But this movie was terrible. Like, he acted awful. Like, he just didn't want to be there. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> my favorite my my favorite scene in that whole movie is him just trying to get a second. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's the one, too. Where he's like, just he's like, a second. Yeah, he's like, can I get a second? Yeah, because they're talking about, like, these people are dying. Like, we need to do something. <laughs> he's like, just give me a second. I just need second here and they're like they're, they're dying <laughs> can i get a goddamn second <laughs> it's like he's so, <laughs> so bad dude it's so good it's just uh, bad. uh wait you're being very quiet have you seen I, this movie i think i actually saw it in theaters so i was kind of ashamed <laughs> to jump into the combo here yeah, uh, i saw 2012 I, in theaters i think i did as yeah, well so does he, so does he. <laughs> yeah so there's no shame I'm the only one that was lucky enough to not <laughs> see either, like, pay I to mean, see either of these. <laughs> you have such iconic scenes in this movie, though, like the man in front of the lawnmower and just lets it run over him, which would not work, by the way. Isn't there also a scene where, like, people are throwing themselves off their roofs or something? Yeah, pretty much. Well, because, so the whole thing between this, which, by the way, uh, Mark Wahlberg plays a high school science teacher. Um <laughs> but uh, essentially what is going on in this movie is the trees are pissed. So they're fighting back. They're releasing spores and just like toxins into the air that are getting into people's heads and just like shutting their brains off and just making themselves kill, kill themselves is essentially what's going on. And so like, you know, they don't figure it out till later because of the, the way that they figure it out is they see that like the trees, there's a breeze going through the trees and then people start killing themselves. So that's how they figure out, like, well, that's one of the ways they figure out. It's, like, from the trees. <laughs> There's yeah, nothing that, that, that was his big them. twist. <laughs> Here it is. It's the trees. But you have to think. Hold on. Okay, so here's here's the Because I was just. I Are was you trying to find a redeeming factor to this movie? No, no, no. I was going to find a reason why. He went to a studio and the studio gave him the green light. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's M. Night Shyamalan, dude. Because it, it says, so it says he submitted a spec script entitled The Green Effect to various studios, but none expressed interest enough to purchase it. 
He collected ideas and notes from meetings, returned home to rewrite it, and finally 20th Century Fox greenlit the project. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So, wow. I mean, I don't know. Nobody wanted to write it the first time, or nobody wanted to greenlight it the first time, and I guess 20th Century Fox was like, alright, fine, whatever. <laughs> We're Fox. We can take... We've put out we've put out garbage before. Let's just, so, let's so, if you guys would give me a couple, like a, like a, a couple seconds, because I want to read this. Do you, do you need just a second? Just give me a second. Not, just give me a second. But I, I just want to read you guys the the plot summary on off of IMDb here because this is another one of those where it's like it's fantastically written, but it's so. If you guys will let me, I will read it now for you. Elliot Moore is a high school science teacher who class one about an article in the new york times it's about the sudden mysterious disappearance of bees yet again nature is doing something inexplicable and whatever science has to say about it will be in the end only a theory (laughs) scientists will bring out more theories but no explanations when an urgent dilemma hits the planet an urgent dilemma (laughs) it begins in central park Suddenly and inexplicably, the behavior of everyone in the park changes in a most bizarre and horrible way. Soon, the strange behavior spreads throughout the city and beyond. Elliot, his wife, Alma, and Jess, the young daughter of a friend, will only have theories to guide them to where to run and where to hide. But theories may not be enough. Does uh, so, There you go. Does whoever wrote that know what the word dilemma means? <laughs> Dude, an urgent dilemma. An urgent dilemma. He also likes the word inexplicably because he used that like twice in here at least. It's, it's almost like he just learned what that word meant. And yeah, right. That <laughs> this is a, an urgent dilemma, dude. People are killing themselves. Uh, uh, let's see. The tagline is We've sensed it, we've seen the signs. Now it's happening. Oh, God. See, they're probably like, Fox was like, <laughs> Fox is like, yeah, you're the guy who did signs, right? Yeah, that did that did pretty good. Yeah, well, I guess we'll go ahead and greenlight it. That's that's yeah. exactly what it was. It, I think. it can't be that bad. <laughs> like after after hearing that story, Josh, I feel like maybe he did it to parody himself as a filmmaker, just which, to be like, I can make this movie. It makes no sense, but there's a yeah. twist, and <laughs> here you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it happened. This movie is just. I'm but, sorry. I like. I also like Zoe Deschanel. But you also have to think. Nobody like makes a film that they don't really believe in. I I don't think. So you have to think that he's like sitting there writing it, and he's like, "Oh yeah," and then like the trees start releasing these spores. It's like, "Gosh, Shyamalan, yeah. you are a genius!" And and now he's hey, like man. listening to this podcast. No, nobody listens to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, he, he stopped listening when I talked trash about the Last Airbender on like episodes ago. <laughs> yeah, we also lost uh, whoever your B-list actors were that you mentioned earlier too. They were listening. Damn, dude! They were listening Why you gotta hate so much on on my movie? I know. Well, guys, oh, what a, what a way to end that one. I don't I don't know <laughs> if there's any more trash we can talk about that happening. <laughs> so, oh, there's there's tons. I, but... I I wanted it to be good, but it just was not good. <laughs> I don't even think it's at like cult status. No, it's cult hate status. It's just bad. <laughs> Like I wouldn't even be like, oh man, it's pretty bad. You should watch this. <laughs> no, like, I don't. I don't want to wish that on my worst. End. I'd be like, oh man, this is pretty bad. You shouldn't watch this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, we got another movie for that, and it's called Velocipaster. Ooh. Wade's obsessed. <laughs> I am now that I've seen it. Yes, I watched the whole thing. I don't know. I'm shocked that we made it through the entire movie. I, I couldn't I couldn't take my eyes off of it. I wouldn't I wouldn't hold us to this because we've been saying it for like a year now, but we do want to I do want to get like a Facebook watch party if I can figure out how to do it <laughs> and watch some movie with the three of us with like a live broadcast. Nice. Also, thanks for bearing with us with the uh release schedule. We're still trying to get I know it's been kind of sparing. Hectic. But we're gonna get a schedule down, and I'm gonna start. We're gonna start editing and releasing them regularly. But uh, yeah, good list, guys. Yeah, and it was a kind of a last minute one that you know kind of was topical, but sometimes those are fun. Though. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, I like that apocalyptic. You always think like into the world, obviously. But there's tons of ways the world can end, so there's tons of uh, diversity in the list. I think is really interesting. Yeah. And kudos on oh, not it's... doing zombie films. We we made it a point to not do zombie films because zombie films are a list in themselves. Yeah. So we want to save Which, that for you. That one we'll do it for Halloween or like for list October. October. List October yeah, 2020. Oh. So. That was a good list. You can always find us on social media at list this podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're going to start getting better at posting stuff like that. We did, uh, you know, I did have a good talk with them and we're going to, I'm going to give them admin. I don't know whether I'm going to regret that or not, but you will. <laughs> it's like who, who us. Yeah. He will. Nice. I'm going to regret it because Wade doesn't do social media, so he's not going to do anything. <laughs> I, might, I do it to promote the stuff that I'm involved in, but that's yeah. really all I use it for. <laughs> I mean, that's I mean, that's better than nothing. That's, I mean, all, that's all we need. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Spread the well, word. Count me in. Uh, whenever Wade comes to Colorado again, or if uh, Jim and I ever get to Chicago, we're going to try to do a live episode of List This. I guess live meaning like we're all in the same room. I don't know if it'd be like in front of an audience. Like, I would like to do that one of these like days. A, I think that oh. would. Be- yeah, it would be fun. So, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter for our shenanigans. You could follow me on Twitter at JawsXBird. I've started using it a little bit more. I just retweet a lot of like wrestling stuff. I was right just going to say the same thing. I've been using at hold my jimbles a lot more as well. Um, and I retweet nothing but wrestling stuff currently. So Josh got me obsessed with wrestling. (laughs) We went and saw it last week and it was amazing. Well, we went and saw it when it came to Denver. That's true. Yeah. We're recording. So (laughs) So at the time of recording, we saw it last week, but when this episode comes out, it'll probably be like months ago. (laughs) So, So little faith. And <laughs> Wade does some stuff with his voice. Yeah, I do. I do this podcast. I do another podcast. I uh, ring announce on a on Character Fight Night. I also do this podcast. And uh, you can follow me on. I'm really only on Instagram. That's really the only one I mess with these days. It's uh, at Wade of the World. 
And you can follow my business account, my voice talent account at Wade Hunt Voice. And uh, if we need to get in touch with you, who's your manager? Is it uh, Wade Hunt? It's uh, yeah, I'm just, you know, doing it solo currently. <laughs> so if there's any, you know, any agencies listening by any chance or yeah. anyone, I've got an email on the right there on my profile and reach out. I'm I'm hearing I'm hearing a I'm hearing a new Batman. That's what I'm hearing right now. Or maybe oh, a Batman but... villain. You'd make a good Two-Face. I'd, oh, uh, dang. I'd be cool with that. Doing a little animated voiceover stuff. Yeah. So. Absolutely. DC, hit him up. Hey. Hey. Well, guys, I, I also want to mention, Wade, thank you for plugging Character Fight Night. I'm really bad at promoting my own, <laughs> my own projects. <laughs> Uh, but I did, if you listen to the most recent, uh, or I guess, episode four of Character Fight Night. <laughs> there you go. Wait, I don't know if you listen, but I actually did plug your social medias at the end of the episode. Yes, I, I definitely noticed that. Sweet. Thank you. Yeah, of course. And go listen to it. We got some great fights over there. Uh, one of them was Kevin McAllister versus Jigsaw, which is a wild, wild ride. And I got the poll up at, right now at the time of recording. And it's a lot closer than I thought. So as it stands right now is Kevin. Let's see. Kevin McAllister is winning by two at the time of this recording. So pretty interesting. But go check that out. Check out list this. Keep an eye out for the Bro Viewers, which is going to be Jim's new podcast. I'm really excited oh, about. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I'm I'm hoping to get up and running this summer uh, when I don't have school, uh, which might happen a lot sooner. Um, and uh, but uh, and Wade, uh, you're privy to this information. Remind everyone at home what the first movie Jim and his uh, co-host are going to be reviewing. The Velocipaster. Yes, sir. As soon my, as I had... my new favorite movie. By the way. <laughs> uh, as soon as as soon as my buddy and I were with the idea, I was like, "Dude, we got to watch the Velocipaster." Like as our first movie to uh, to review. Ridiculous. I think that would be great. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping I can get it up and running because I'm really excited about being able to give this give this whole thing a shot on my own yes, and not sir. being under Josh's wing. Oh, or thumb. But I have a very long wingspan. It's a lot of room. That's fair. Yeah, it's going to take me a while. It'll probably put me back in shape again. He has his own room under my wing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know you are the Jaws bird, after all. Hey. Uh, hey. Cool. So we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. We appreciate everyone lending your ears and your time. And we will see you next time on List This, where we list and you listen. Have a wonderful night. See you later, guys. Thank you.